What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Sugar, the podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of our favorite artists, and that's Ed Sheeran. In this episode, we go through a walkthrough of all of his different albums. We also talk about our live experiences seeing Ed. We hope you enjoy. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Sugar, the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about one of our favorite artists, and that is Ed Sheeran. And if you've never heard of Ed Sheeran, I'd be very shocked. But we both have a pretty cool story when it comes to him, and he's ended up becoming one of my favorite artists. And so we're excited to just kind of dive into our stories around how we found him and, you know, some of the cool things that he's been doing. Yeah, so I'm going to point out, you said... uh dive which is a song by him so that was created (laughs) but yeah so i was introduced to ed sheeran through my sister kendra a long time ago like my senior year of high school i think Mm -hmm. in 2013 and yeah i i just took off with all the music that he had it was just plus and the number five collaborations so i i had some research to do and look for more of his little EPs that he had out. Uh, like, I believe one of the songs was Cold Coffee. I can't remember the EP name, but that was, that was like one of my favorites of like pre-plus era. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I did, I did my research and I looked into his catalog that he had back then. And from there, I just became an immediate fan and... Kendra to this day is like, oh, I introduced you to him. And I'm like, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, I like to take pride in trying to find my own music. But she she definitely helped me with that one. Yeah. Um, I've been a fan for quite a while. I've followed him ever since, like, number five and plus era. So it's been, it's been great to see all the stuff he's come out with. Yeah. Yeah, mine, I, I'm trying to think. If it was like 20, probably 2012, I think is when I first heard Ed Sheeran. Mm-hmm. I, I remember exactly where I was. I was on my back porch at my parents' house and I had a buddy over. It was like a summer in between uh, freshman year and sophomore year. And we were just talking about music, listening to music and just kind of hanging out, you know. And he was like, dude, have you ever heard of Ed Sheeran? And I was like, no, I haven't. And he was like, dude, I think you'd really like them. And so he played, I believe it was Drunk off of the Plus album. I was like, man, this is really good. Like, he has a really good voice. And then we listened to a few more and I was like, okay, like, I, I really appreciate acoustic music. And so I was like, okay, well, this is, this is a pretty good artist. I'm going to, I'm probably going to keep listening to him. And I listened to the whole Plus album and I was like, wow, how, how have I not heard of Ed Sheeran before? And then from there, it just kind of evolved, you know? Yeah, for sure. I can't remember the first song I heard by him, like the very first song, but I just remember it. Actually, I, I do think it was Gimme Love, but yeah, like that whole album Plus is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. There's, so, there's so many good songs off there and just being able to, to dive into listening to that i i mean i can listen to the entire album front to back 
Oh yeah, there's not a song I don't like on that album. Mm-hmm. And when you know what was cool is like you know you got plus right. That was like the album that really kind of helped set the course for for him. And you know you had the the ones that you know made it mainstream like the A Team, you know Drunk, uh, Lego House. Those were the the big ones that hit radio and were very popular. And but all the other songs are absolutely beautiful songs and i'm just i'm just kind of impressed that his first full-length album was such a huge success like it really just amplified him Mm -hmm. yeah i remember doing my research when i heard um you knew me i don't need you just listening to the lyrics of that song and then finding the meaning behind it like he wasn't he wasn't signed to any record label and now all the record labels told him like, oh, we don't want you. Like, we don't think you're good enough, all that kind of yeah. stuff. And he just kind of went and said, fuck you to them and just like continue to do his stuff. And now he's one of the biggest singer songwriters of our generation for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, what's cool is, when it comes to like record labels, I mean, he, he put out the number five collaborations project with songs that may not be the, the, the biggest, um, you know, hits for him, but also helped set the tone for him. And it, based on what I'm seeing, like after that, Warner picked him up, you know, yeah. for the plus album. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just skyrocketed. And then I don't know what it was. looks like two years. Before he put no, yeah, yeah, two years before Multiply came out, looks like 2013, yeah, and then then that album, that was when he was really starting to tour and really blow up. I remember when Multiply first came out, and at that point, that was all I was listening to. Yeah, I just remember Ed Sheeran was just on repeat every song of his for. A long time yeah multiply in my opinion it's it's better than plus i just think that he he kind of took his style and molded it into something different off that one and yeah in my opinion just some of the songs off multiply are just phenomenal and it, it's next level in my opinion but so they're one of the first songs i heard off of multiply was I See Fire. Mm-hmm. And really funny story. So I was you know, living with, with some of my best friends and we went and saw the new Hobbit movie. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was a really good movie and we're getting ready to leave the theater and then this really beautiful guitar comes in and then I hear Ed's voice and I'm like, what? Wait, I, like, <laughs> I stopped. I was like, is that Ed Sheeran? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, that's definitely Ed Sheeran. So I literally stayed in the theater to listen to that whole song. <laughs> and I was like, wow, like that's a song that has just an amazing buildup. Yeah. Dude, that ended up becoming one of my favorite songs off that entire album. Yeah. That one, that one definitely has the singer songwriter vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It's just that lyrically and the guitar chords that he uses just, it's fitting for The Hobbit as well because of yeah, the lyrics. Yeah, I, I grew an appreciation for The Hobbit after finding out that, you know, Ed wrote a song for him. 
<laughs> exactly. And you you would think that like going into it, a lot of people probably are like, oh, you know, I don't know how Ed's going to do this for The Hobbit. And he just mm-hmm. goes in there and he just kills it. Yeah. And then the video that they recorded, the, mm-hmm. the studio recording of it. And man, he's just, you can just tell he's like vibing, like made me happy to like watch this video. Yeah. You know, to see someone put so much effort and, and emotion into his music. I don't know. I was just something about that video that I was like, man, the song's already great. This video makes it so much better. So yeah, that was that was the first song I heard off of uh, Multiply. And then it came out. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. Every single song was just so good. Yeah, I, I think the first song I had, I had on a CD... It was his first single, Sing, uh-huh. and um, I believe it's produced or like it's produced by Pharrell. And okay. I because I know I know Pharrell is in the video, the music video with him. And I think it was like the first song on my CD. And I would just listen to it and I'd be like, ah, let's go back. And I just yeah. keep playing it like while driving and stuff. And it's just a fond memory of just some of my deeper exposure to Ed because of him putting out that second album. Yeah. And and a lot of the uh, songs on the album are just fantastic. You know, some of my other favorites on there was probably Tenerife Sea was a nice, mm-hmm. slow, emotional song. I really enjoyed, obviously, Icy Fire. And then, you know, he did a, a Wembley edition of Multiply. And then he had mm-hmm. some other songs on there that came afterwards. And I think it's like five of them. And one of them was called Touch and Go. And I think it's a super underrated song. Have you heard that mm-hmm. one? I actually haven't. I, yeah. I do I do know that he put out more music on that album because I remember I watched the show Son of Sons of Anarchy and Make It Rain was one of those songs. And it's it's just phenomenal. Oh, it was okay. it was a different vibe for him because normally, you know, he's with his acoustic guitar and his loop pedal. But with this one, you can clearly tell he's using electric and yeah. it's just different. Mm-hmm. All of those extra songs are great. Touch and Go is probably my favorite of those extra five. But All of the Stars, English Rose, New York, Make It Rain, they're all really good. I mean, I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm biased and I love all of Ed Sheeran's songs. But like, <laughs> really, though, all of his songs are really good, well-written, and flow very well you know it's it's something that you can you can put on and not feel like you got to change the song mm-hmm. I, I never change a song when when one of them comes on shuffle yeah it's definitely he's definitely one of those artists where i can't really skip whenever it comes on my like songs it's just i have to listen to the song all the way through there's nobody that can change my mind about that <laughs> yeah yeah and then it was after this album came out that i think i saw him live for the first time he was on tour for multiply and i saw him here in right outside of dallas in a city called frisco and it was a soccer stadium the fc mm-hmm. dallas soccer stadium we were so far away from the stage oh my god like ed looked like like a fly he was, mm-hmm. it was just we were so far but it was still an awesome experience right and i just remember when he first came out after the openers, I think it was Christina Perry and Jamie Lawson. He just comes out with a guitar. I see this big board on the floor, like on the stage in front of him. 
I'm like, what's that thing? Like that thing's massive. And he starts playing and then he starts using his foot to push buttons on this board. And I'm like, holy shit, that's a huge ass loop pedal. That is sick. And everything is programmed to it. I was just blown away after I saw that. For people that don't know, his live performances are really just him, a guitar, a microphone, and a loop pedal. And he just goes on and puts on an hour and a half long show of just those things. And it's, it's awesome because he'll, you know, he'll loop his voice, he'll sing over himself, he'll loop the guitar, he'll play the drums on the guitar. Like, it's so, so well put together. And you feel like you're watching an entire band and it's literally just him. Seeing him live, it was just my first exposure yeah. to a loop pedal. And I was just completely blown away by it. I didn't know how he was making the noises come out of the guitar and like looping mm-hmm. it together. So I was, I, it blew me away. And actually, I think I, yeah, I saw him my senior year of high school live on the Red Tour with Taylor Swift. And I asked my parents because uh, they were going to give me a graduation gift. Mm-hmm. So I asked my parents for a loop pedal. And <laughs> they bought me it. And I had it. And I was such an Ed fan. I was just like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm going to learn how to use this thing really well. And I, yep. couldn't, figure, I couldn't figure it out, dude. Did you, I, did, you took, get one of, did you get the boss pedal? Is that what you got? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I got, the, I got the same exact one, dude. <laughs> yeah so i just you know i went from that and you know i i couldn't figure it out it it just took me forever to put something together and i was like ah, i don't like this anymore yeah so we took it back to guitar center and i exchanged it for a mini martin which is which ed uses on his tours and on it on stage and everything so yeah yeah so i I exchanged one ed item for another ed item (laughs) Yeah, literally, I think after that concert, I went to Guitar Center and I was like, I, I need a loop pedal. I, I yeah. need to learn how to use this because that was the coolest thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah. And so I bought one and I made some things with it I mean, that I thought were pretty cool. Maybe we'll share it on Coffee Sugar, Coffee and Sugar one day, but I'd have to find it. But it, I mean, you know, it's, it's not, obviously it's not Ed Sheeran levels <laughs> because I, fun fact, the loop pedal he has Man, I wish I knew what it was called. Something like a, a starts with a W. I I don't know, but the loop pedal that he uses is a hundred percent custom. Wow! No one in the world has that same pedal that he does, which I think is super cool. Because don't get me wrong, I looked it up because I wanted to buy one, and I think if it were to retail, it'd be like probably like five to six thousand dollars. Yeah, probably. I was like, well, you know. I guess I'll start. Uh, I'll start small. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the pictures of it is just it's it's so it's so neat. But I mean, when you're one of the top singer songwriters in the world, yeah, that's that makes sense that you would have something like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was that was my first time ever seeing him, and it was it was awesome, and it only made me grow more of an appreciation for him and what he does because there's there's really no one out there that does it like him mm-hmm. they can try but it's it's just not the same the dude has so much talent yeah and i mean looking at him as a singer songwriter you can also appreciate the fact that he can rap 
which is something that yeah. you know, a, lot of, a lot of singers and songwriters, they don't do. So mm-hmm. you can see him as a multi-talented artist that has a lot of tools at his disposal. Yeah. You know, that was the first time I heard him rap. It was in uh, You and I on, on the Plus album. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, it, I, I don't know, it, I just thought it was very interesting. And I was like, oh, well, this is different. But like the more you listen to it, I was like, this this also fits though, you know? It yeah, it works for what he's doing, and he's good at it. I mean, he can flow like he when he does it live, dude. He like throws the guitar behind his back, and he's just like running around with the mic rapping. Yeah, it's 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 really cool, super impressive. Yeah, and also he mixes it up as well from his studio versions. Like, you need me, I don't need you. He starts freestyling. He just he just goes he goes off from the studio version and he goes into a segment where he just starts freestyling and yeah. including parts that aren't in the studio version, which is really cool. Yep. Multiply was great. And you were saying that you 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 watched a documentary based around Multiply, right? Yeah, so which one was that? I believe it's called Nine Days and Nine Nights of Ed Sheeran, but okay. Let me check real quick. I may have seen that one. I just I think it's been a while since I have, but I think you're right. I think that's what it was. It is Nine Days and Nights of Ed Sheeran. Right? Is that the one where he's like? It's like the kind of uh, story behind Wembley. Kind of, yeah, kind of. He he does talk about Wembley in it. Mm-hmm. Essentially, in that documentary, he talks about. Growing up, his childhood, the school he went to, his music teachers, and um, how he decided to move to London and start playing clubs. Like he emailed out to a hundred different clubs in London for open mic nights, for you know comedy nights, really anything. From there, he got like 50, 50 replies back, and he just started playing shows yeah so he he got his exposure from playing shows and he'd sell like little ep cds that he made from like live recordings and stuff right and he saved up enough money to come to la which was like two thousand dollars and he felt like his fan base in um, london was was good enough to where he could do that so he decided to fly to la Mm -hmm. and without knowing anyone besides one promoter that he had talked to through email gotcha so he comes he comes to la and he does the same thing he just starts emailing and messaging all these people to see if he can go to play shows and stuff and he gets in contact with a few celebrities out in la through Mm -hmm. playing the shows and he comes on to jamie fox's podcast where he performs a couple songs and he ends up he ends up staying with Jamie Foxx for a couple days just sleeping on his couch yeah just couch surfing and stuff and then flies back to London and goes back to his hometown where he just you know plays a live show at his old high school huh. so it's like he goes from seeing seeing celebrities and starting to play in front of celebrities to just going back and just having it be like low key. So one of the things that I heard about Ed Sheeran when he goes home is that, you know, obviously everyone knows who he is. They know he's very popular and famous, 
but they don't they don't treat him like he's a celebrity. You know, they they treat him like a normal person, which I think is really cool, right? In his in his hometown where he grew up, like people respect the fact that they get that he's famous, but they're gonna treat him like a human being, right? Because when you yeah. look at when you look at famous people, famous musicians, it's always, oh, give me your autograph on all all that stuff. But they don't do that to him. If they see Ed Sheeran, they just, hey Ed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really cool. You know, I I would I I'd love to go home if if that was the case, if I was in his shoes, you know. And and I think that he has a song on uh it was on his uh collaboration, his new collaboration. And it's just talks about going back home and i just think that's you know it's so cool that he can like have an appreciation and and care about wanting to go home because he doesn't get treated any differently you know what i mean for sure yeah i i I imagine that's such a great feeling just being able to be like a multi-millionaire with so many fans around the world Mm -hmm. and just being able to come home and not have to deal with you know, paparazzi or just people bombard bombarding him and asking for autographs and just being able to, yeah, because honestly, Ed is like a quiet guy. I feel like, because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's been two times where he just takes a break from social media. He just goes out and he just experiences life without being on his phone. Yeah. Which is awesome. You know, I, I wish I could do that. And I, I feel like a lot of people do because mm-hmm. it's just you get to experience life in itself right? Rather, rather than constantly being on your phone, looking at social media, being called by and for in his shoes, he's probably got hundreds of texts every day. Oh, yeah. His easily. Phone, his phone's from, just buzzing and buzzing and buzzing, man. Yeah. From friends to family to agents to managers to labels to all of the people. Yeah. It's just constant, constantly buzzing. And just, he's probably, he probably, he gets to the point to where he's just sick of it. I feel like oh, that. at least. I, I mean, I feel like most famous musicians get to that point. Yeah. Like, you, you see some friends that have like 25 unread messages. I mean, my brother, dude, I, I'll text my brother side note and be like, yo, what's my workout tomorrow? And then he just doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't get back to me. And then I see his phone. He has like, a hundred unread messages and i'm like dude come on man like he'll send like a screenshot and it'd be like 25 30 new messages like on the little red bubble anyways so i can guarantee you that's what you know musicians like ed sheeran have to deal with every single day of their life so i totally get unplugging from the world and just living life you know yeah yeah and specifically with his wife now I read something today where he took that time, this this most recent time that I think he's still on because uh-huh. yeah, I, I don't I don't think he's back right now. But um, yeah, so he took this time to just spend time with her. He just had a kid too, so he's you know mm-hmm. f- figuring out all the all the steps of being a father, being famous, just having to realize that he could he can do two things he could come back and he can play music or he could just live his life you know right and, and as a fan I, you know i hope that he can find a great balance between the two 
because right. that, that would be perfect. But if he decides, well, if you, one, go ahead. I was going to say, if you think about it, man, like he tours for a year or two after he releases an album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know how much he toured after he put out Plus, but I know that for Multiply, I think he te- he toured for almost a year and a half, almost two years. And I can only like I can only imagine how tiring that gets. The planes, the the buses, the just everything surrounding that. Like, and he just does the same thing every night in a different city. And he's a he's a trooper, man. I mean, I I can't imagine touring for two years straight. Yeah, just being away from your hometown, being away from your family, mm-hmm. like. Specifically, you know, also his friends. Like, I'm sure he has plenty of people and friends on tour with him, but. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's just exhausting to just go through, go city to city and Mm -hmm. be constantly doing the same thing. I mean, I know he loves it, but it's just, it's just a lot, man. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I'm I'm looking at the dates now. I mean, he put out. I mean, Wembley came out 2013, 2014 uh, era, and then he toured for two years, a year and a half, two years. And then he he told the internet that he was going bye-bye for a year. Mm-hmm. And that was when he went and wrote Divide. And honestly, that was that was such a long year. Yeah, yeah, it really felt like it too. Dude, I was, I was just kind of... I really was counting down the day, you know, until the first of January came following year. Cause I think he, he made the post on the first of January in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then it was like January 2nd or 3rd of 2017. He just puts out a video of him with the sign, like a piece of paper that says new music Friday. And then that was it. <laughs> and that was the, the start of divide and man when he put out castle on the hill i was like all right that was such a great first song to put out immediately after it came out probably didn't stop listening to it that day for probably three or four hours that's awesome. i had it on i had it on repeat <laughs> it made me so happy i was like all right ed's back new music is coming out castle on the hill was a great first uh single to put out and then the hype was was back, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it was actually actually pretty cool. My parents got married on January seventh, and he put out that video on, I think the third, mm-hmm. and my parents got married on I think that Friday or something like it. It somehow landed on the day that Divide was or Castle on the Hill was coming out, and literally the night of their wedding, after we get done. We get back to the hotel. I just put my 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 earphones in, listening to that on repeat, just relaxing after the wedding, drinking some wine, and just like, wow, I'm in my element. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that's. Speaking of weddings, about a year ago in October, Brandon and his fiance at the time got married on like October 26th, I think. Uh-huh. And one of the songs they slow danced to was perfect. And it was just, gotcha. you know, it was really cool seeing Ed be in that moment. You know what I mean? 
He put out some really good songs for weddings. Yeah, Thinking Out Loud, you know. Just, yeah. There's so many. I shoot and film weddings, and I think I used Perfect in one wedding. And then I filmed another wedding, but it was a Hispanic wedding. And so I used the the Spanish or Spanish slash Italian version of Perfect for that wedding. It was actually kind of funny how that worked out. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Divide. Let's Let's kind of talk about it because I feel like this album, I think a lot of people had expectations around it because mm-hmm. obviously Multiply was really good, but how was Ed going to top Multiply, right? Yeah. And I mean, personally, Castle on the Hill, like I said, was a great first single to kind of show and like tease into what the album's going to sound like. Mm-hmm. But when, when, when Divide finally came out, I mean, he put out Castle on the Hill as the first single and then Shape of You as the second single. And Shape of You was like completely different. Yeah. Than Castle on the Hill. It was 100% a different vibe. So we got to see two different angles of the album. And then when it finally released, there are similar songs on it, but like every song is pretty different in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah. It definitely has a different vibe than his past two albums. Mm-hmm. There's some songs on like for me when I when I first when it first came out I was kind of I didn't kind of get into it as much as I did the past two albums weirdly. Okay. Like, okay. For, that was just for me just like you know a lot of people liked it and I went through like an Ed Sheeran phase and then when that one came out it took me longer to get into it. and I don't know why it's not because the music was bad or I didn't like the songs. Mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate it like I appreciate it now which is weird. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I didn't appreciate it at the time. And then as time went on, I became more appreciative because, you know, hearing the songs like at the wedding and like hearing it on the radio and just, right. you know, it just made me appreciate it more. Yeah, you, and you got songs like Barcelona, super upbeat. Mm-hmm. And you got Bebia Bellella. Where did that come from? <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. It, it, it made me feel like on that whole year that Ed was out, creating divide he was he was out exploring he was out kind of broadening his horizons i don't know where he was when he wrote baby yeah 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 but i'm glad he was in that place that he was at because that song is such a banger i don't know yeah it gets me hype i really like it when it comes on i'm like all right this puts you like in an instant happy mood yeah yeah and then you got supermarket flowers which is about i think his grandmother and it's just super sad. And you're just like, mm-hmm. wow. The lyrics behind that one were, they, they hit home. It, it, it's one mm-hmm. of those songs. And so I was just like, man, he just hits all spectrums on this album, I feel like. And that was yeah. something that I think I really, really appreciated about Divide was that what Multiply and Plus did, yeah, there were some different sounding songs, but I feel like they were all kind of in this one realm. Mm-hmm. And then Divide just kind of, exploded into different different genres in a, in a sense it felt like so i can kind of understand why it didn't really click right away with you because mm-hmm. when you listen to an ed album i feel like from one song to the next you're like yes this is ed this is ed this is ed but i mean you can't go from perfect to galway girl and be like wait that's the same artist you know yeah yeah it, i thought it was very interesting what he did with that album because it was just unlike anything I think he's really done. Yeah, he just, he bended the genre, kind of. 
mm-hmm. like the singer songwriter genre. Yeah. And at the time, like I said, I just didn't really appreciate it. Now looking at it, it's just, I'm really glad he came out with the album. I'm really glad he wrote the songs because there's something that I come back to frequently just to listen to, you know? Yeah. I mean, Divide overall was a phenomenal album, in my opinion. And then he went on to tour for two years for Divide. And I got to see him on the first. Yeah, I saw him the first year he was touring for Divide. And that was at the American Airlines Stadium where the Mavs play here in Dallas. Then the following year, tickets went on sale again. He's coming back to Dallas, but he was playing in the AT&T Stadium uh, where the Cowboys play. And I was like, you know what? I'm the, the moment those tickets come out, I'm buying. Hmm. I literally bought a year in advance wow. for that show. Not even kidding. It was probably six, it was a year and like six days in advance for that concert. And man, that's a, yeah, that's that's a big stadium too, man. And it was filled, bro. After that first year of the Divide Tour, he announced a stadium tour. It was awesome. And I got floor seats for this concert for the the second time (laughs) or the third time seeing him. And man, it was just, it was an unreal experience. I'm someone that likes to go to concerts by myself. I don't know if you've ever done that. Oh yeah. All the time. (laughs) My, my favorite thing is to go to concerts by myself because you know, it's one of those things you don't have to really worry about anybody, right? You just worry about yourself. You worry about everything that you need to do. And, and it's, everything's around revolves around you in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so when I like to listen to music, it's most of the time it's I'm by myself, right? So yeah. watching concerts live by myself is just, I can kind of take it in the same way I do when I just have my headphones on, you know? Yep. yep. Yeah. You don't have to, there's no outside forces there that you have to worry about. It's just there. And so being by myself on the floor of the, sta- the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, watching my favorite artist play was just, Dude, it, it's, I don't know. I think it's probably my favorite concert that I've ever been to. 100%. Damn, yeah. yeah. For me, it opened my eyes to a lot just seeing him live. We talked about earlier the loop pedal and just mm-hmm. how he, yep. he uses the guitar as a percussion instrument too. Yeah. As well as the building up of his voice with the loop pedal. It's incredible. And I still remember to the day where... I saw him just being blown away by it. You know, and what's cool about Ed is like he always has really great guests with him, features or mm-hmm. openers. That's what I was meant to say. He has great openers. When I saw him, man, I can't remember who he had open for the American Airlines show, but when he was at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, he had Snow Patrol. Oh, wow. Which I'd never seen live, but that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lauv. Oh, yeah. 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 And what was cool about Lauv is I've been listening to him probably since, I don't know, probably 2012. I know that sounds super hipster of me, but like I've been listening to him before he was mainstream. (laughs) And when I found out he was touring with Ed, I was like, dude, no way. Like, that's so cool. He put out I Like Me Better and it just kind of really catapulted him. But Mm -hmm. that was really awesome to to see him and then Ed Sheeran all on the same same night. It was amazing. I, I can't any more highly of it it was awesome so yeah. that that's divide man that was an end of an era and right before 2020 hit he put out the number six collaborations project with some pretty awesome songs yeah yeah i remember seeing that come out with all the features that it has on yeah. it it's just like 
what what is he doing <laughs> dude he has khalid chance the rapper travis scott eminem 50 cent bro he meek mill skrillex justin I, bieber <laughs> chris chris stapleton i think i think that song is probably like my least favorite of the entire one i gotta give it to him like he did a song with chris stapleton <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah. And Bruno Mars. He he chose so well for the people that he featured on this album. Obviously, when he put out Beautiful People by Khalid, a lot of Khalid fans gravitated towards Ed, right? Yeah. I don't I don't care with Justin Bieber, who Ed has wrote songs for Justin Bieber for a while. Um, we didn't mention it earlier, but the documentary uh songwriter that he put out to kind of talk about the writing process of divide the documentary opens up of him he's he's working on the song love yourself for justin bieber and it just kind of you know evolves from there but he's worked with justin bieber and wrote for justin bieber for a while he's actually wrote for a lot of big name artists like one direction as well Mm -hmm. yeah anyways yeah so justin bieber's on that album and a bunch of awesome other features and really every song i thought was just pretty different you know, like similar to Divide, but really catchy, in my opinion. Yeah, and plus, one of the cool things, like you were saying, he's giving exposure to himself as well as other artists because he's just featuring them on this collaboration yeah. project. So you might not have been a Khalid fan, and you hear that song, then you dive into his catalog, and it's just, it's exposure to him. And right. that's one of the coolest things an artist can do is just collaborate. <laughs> yeah, like collaborate. Yeah. And I mean, from his perspective, he's a singer songwriter. So it's just him. It's not right. a whole band. It's not like four or five people coming on to collaborate with another band or another artist. It's just yeah. him, him with another artist, pretty much. And I think that's one of the coolest things you can do is just collaborate with other artists because it gives you both exposure and you come out with some pretty banging tunes. Yeah. I think my favorite off that album. Man, um, I mean, I really do like I Don't Care. That one, I mean, that was the first one that they put out. Either that one or Beautiful People with Khalid are probably my favorites. Yeah, those are really good, too. It's been a while since I've heard the songs off there, too. You know, Chance the Rapper, too. Wow. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's a really good point you bring up because obviously Ed Sheeran's like one of our favorite artists, but like when he's not like consistently putting out music, it's like really easy to forget. Mm-hmm. you know about his music and then when you're talking about it or you're like man i haven't heard this song in forever and then you like listen to the whole album you're like wow this takes me back there's always those specific feelings you get when you listen to to certain albums or certain songs and stuff like that and so i think it's really cool when you run back into an artist that you've you know, obviously really enjoy and you're like oh all right well i'm gonna bench his music today <laughs> you yeah know? yeah yeah, because I watched the documentary today on um, the nine days and nights of Ed Sheeran, and I totally forgot about the song one off multiply. Yeah. And it's just such a good one. Like, it, there's, I love the beginning with the guitar. Mm-hmm. But there's just a little, it's not a solo, but it's, it's kind of a solo. Yeah. If you know what I mean, just like. Mm-hmm. He comes in with that, and then it just starts out with him strumming on the guitar and singing. It's just such a good one. Yeah, something I didn't mention earlier when we were talking about Multiply. So there was this thing that he was doing. It was like a live show, but it was happening in the movie theaters. Did you ever see anything about that? 
Yeah, wasn't wasn't that with the um, the Wembley experience when he released the um, Multiply Wembley edition? Yeah, I, I think it was. I remember seeing this like this special feature pop up at like the local theater, and it mm-hmm. was like Ed Sheeran live, and it was just him playing songs for I don't know thirty five, forty five minutes. It was very interesting because I've never been part of that kind of viewing, I guess, you know, like you're in a theater, but you're watching an artist play music. It it was it was very cool. And I don't know why I forgot about that, but I I remember seeing it as tickets were like, I don't know, 10 bucks. (laughs) It it was like nothing. (laughs) So yeah, that that was that was a pretty cool experience because I was like, well, I'm going to go see Ed Sheeran at the movie theater. All right, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Divide was obviously great. And then, you know, the collaboration project was awesome. Really great songs came from that. And then, you know, Ed Sheeran had to do it to us again. And he said he was uh, jumping off socials for the foreseeable future. So yeah. obviously he could write. I'm assuming it's going to call, be called Subtract. Yeah. Maybe he'll, he'll throw us a curveball, but I'm assuming it's going to be Subtract. <laughs> <laughs> Long division. <laughs> I did see like a mock uh, album art of, oh, really? what could, of, of what it could look like. And someone had predicted that it's going to be yellow. It's going to be a yellow album art. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be yellow with the, with the subtract. Hmm. So that'll be cool. We'll see. You know, I mean, we're getting there, man. We're, we're almost January. So I would like to uh, guess that... Towards the beginning of January, we may hear hear something back from Ed. Because, you know, obviously he just had his kid and he's probably trying to get that kind of acclimated and then COVID hit. Honestly, yeah, the dude got very lucky. I mean, his tour literally ended in, shoot, I think it was December. December, mm-hmm. January, his, his tour ended. And then COVID hit in February, February, March. Yeah. So he was able to finish his tour and then like go on hiatus and then COVID hit. Like literally... 2020 couldn't, I mean, it probably could have been worse, but in comparison to the most recent years, it couldn't have been more worse, dude. Ed goes away, COVID hits, no concerts, everything's <laughs> just a mess. The one thing I can think of that we can look at as a blessing with him taking this hiatus and COVID happening yeah, is he's probably had a lot of time to just sit and brainstorm of like new new ideas and new music because I feel like a lot of artists just have been stuck at home. Uh-huh. So yeah, they, like they can't travel, they can't you know it's not safe to go out. So it's mm-hmm. it's really a good time to write music and music brings people together. So you know he's he's probably at home with his wife and with his kid just you know just writing. So we, we can only hope for that, you know, just as long as he's staying safe. You know, I, I guarantee you there's going to be multiple songs on that album about his kid and how. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Right now I'm like, eh, do I want kids? But like, I guarantee you, once I hear those songs, I'm like, man, do okay, I, maybe. I mean, Ed <laughs> makes it sound really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. I, I'm so excited. I think Subtract is going to be, you know, his, I mean, obviously, I mean, he's just continuing to put out f- really great music, but I mean, this is his pinnacle, you know, like he's at a point where 
he doesn't have to continue. And literally in four albums, well, three now or right now, but will be four albums, he has managed to become the number one artist in the world. Like, think about that. Four albums. You know, there's people out there that put up 10, 15, 20 albums and have never hit the level that Ed has hit. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's something to show for, dude. I think that's that is so impressive. He he's a powerhouse in in terms of creating hits. Yeah, you, you can't go wrong with an Ed song for sure. Right, and I'm I'm curious what he's gonna want to do with subtract once it comes out. Ideally, we can start touring again, but like his concerts are literally the largest concerts in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> or I mean, up there in comparison. So yeah. we may see a delay in a tour. We'll see. I think after subtract, I. I I would I wouldn't be surprised if he retired. <laughs> you know, I don't think he'll ever stop making music, but I think there won't be that expectation that okay, now you need to put out a fifth album or go on tour or go on tour. I feel like after Subtract, he if he can, he will tour and sing those songs. But after that, man, I wouldn't I mean, I would not blame him if he was like I'm done <laughs> for now. Yeah. I I'm I'm going to enjoy my life with my kid and my wife and I'm going to do me. He's like, he really achieved everything I feel like he's ever wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I wouldn't blame him if he decided to take a step back. I feel like he's going to become Pharrell, you know, this awesome producer that just comes out. Yeah. 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 Just, you know, starts maybe makes his own record label and just starts signing kids here and there and just, you know. Dude, that'd be so cool. I mean, if if he went that route, dude. I feel like it'd be, be really less cool. stressful too. You know, it's just right. Cause then he can help make other people successful, you know? And that's exactly. gratifying. That that'll <laughs> probably be something that he'd be really good at, you know? And he I don't know, obviously who Ed Sheeran is as a person, but based on what I've seen and the documentaries that he's, you know, I've watched with him in it, he seems like just the most genuine, down-to-earth, modest guy. I feel like he's one of those guys that I could like, sit down and have a beer with and have, like, an amazing conversation with. Yeah, there's just a lot about him through what I've seen in videos and interviews where mm-hmm. he would totally be that celebrity that I would love to meet. You know, he has a bar in London. No way. Really? Yeah. He opened up his own bar in London. It's like called like the Blossom something. I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, he has his own bar. I think he opened last year and there's like a picture on his Instagram of him like drinking a beer outside of it. That's sick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so if I'm ever in London, that's like definitely a place I'm going to be going. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Man, he is he is phenomenal. I think this has been pretty awesome. I mean, we probably talk about Ed Sheeran for a long time, but I don't think we have all the time in the world at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I think this has been really fun. Yeah, dude. Solid episode where we talk about one of our favorite artists, which is really cool. And there's going to be more where this comes from, right? And I don't know. I don't know who the next one's going to be, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Let's go ahead and call it. What do you think? Sounds good. All right, cool. Yeah, I think my cats need some attention too. They've been meowing outside the door. So we're (laughs) going to go ahead and uh, call this episode. Thanks so much to everyone that tuned in and and listened with us. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We're, We're always open to taking some suggestions and recommendations of different artists that 
you want us to talk about. So just, you know, shoot us a DM on Coffee and Sugar on Instagram. That's sugar with an H-S-H-U-G-A-R. And, you know, we'll give the artist a listen and we'll talk about it. That's all we got for you today. Again, thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit that follow button so you always know when new episodes of the podcast are coming out. You guys have a great rest of your day and we'll catch you soon. Thank you guys for listening. Peace out. Oh, oh, oh.